and a romance at the end of the world with oneself a variant twist on the tva a loving dagger metaphor and this episode of loki is simple not enough we demand another welcome to you pod a companion podcast to the marvel cinematic universe i'm your host brant davis and alongside me is mike mike sorry your connection's that's, getting that's your caught cue. up for me hey what's up <laughs> am i delayed you're, Am I you're a connection yeah, delay? Yeah. You're you really delayed. Are you yeah. broadcasting from Lamentus? Are you uh is there asteroids <laughs> falling around you right Guys, now? I'm coming you're in from the delayed. moon. Give me one sec. Mike, take over for a second. Uh oh no. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay mike just use your notes just use the notes you got in front of you i'll use the notes i got in front of me yeah welcome to mcu pod uh tonight we're going to talk about loki episode three and with me i have guys introduce yourselves i'm will <laughs> Short and sweet. Hey, will. i love it will tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're on the pod i uh, am an indie cartoonist and friend of the pod and we also have i'm randy i uh do comic book reviews or no i don't anymore i do a ton of podcasts i own a comic book store i uh uh, you can find me at loose cannon comics uh we just did a loki episode so yeah um, i'm here to to talk about uh this uh god of mischief thunder whatever it is i i'm I'm a little unclear exactly what he is (laughs) or what they are what they are you're back. Okay. The delay's gone. Good. Good. Cool. Uh, you're still uh-oh. a little uh, pixelated, but your delay's gone. Ugh. Okay. One thing at a time. Uh, I'm I'm back on here. Uh, we have Will Cardini and and Randy Lander back joining us. We're very excited for you guys to join us. We're going to be talking about episode three of Loki. And um, before we get into all. I did want to go ahead and uh, say, hey, if you guys are joining us over here on YouTube, we are happy and excited to have you here and uh, know that uh, you can comment live as we're doing this live. You can comment and we will pop your your comments up on the screen like um, technical difficulties. This Thanks a lot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mean, but accurate. Uh, no, technical difficulties, the podcast. <laughs> fair. Very fair. You can also uh, help us out by going ahead and rating and reviewing this on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast, if you the podcast. And if you're over on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and you can uh, leave uh, in the chat. Um, we are also up on Pod, and there you can make a per episode or per month pledge. You can become a West Coast Fantastic Four, Avengers, Avenger, and Illuminati. Those are all the different categories. So look at those graphics you designed. I made all those myself. Yeah, those yeah, are so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I worked hard on them. Um, didn't steal them from anywhere. Yeah, and no. uh, we've we've had a couple people signing up this last week. And I say well, welcome, thank you for joining, and thank you for the support. Occasionally, we put up some bonus exclusive content over there. 
and we are happy to have you guys helping support our little venture. Um, all right. There's one other little bit of uh, address before we get into talking about the episode, and that is that um, just uh, this week we got the new Shang-Chi trailer, the full trailer, and this doesn't warrant snap judgment, but I do warrant... <laughs> just because we have... Uh, Hot Randy, you want to you want to go? You saw the trailer. What do you think? Just I did. Yeah, brief thoughts. Uh, I think uh, I, I'm super excited to see the Mandarin. I like the way they're using the the Ten Rings. I uh, I think they're gonna do some really cool stuff with Shang Chi here. The comics have never the comics are, are good, but they've never really made them a, a way where I was like, oh, this is gonna fit right in the MCU. I see how they're gonna fit this into the MCU. I think it's a really good uh, good take. And of course, I love seeing that Hulk spe- uh, uh, special guest there at the end. Right. Um, Will, I don't think you got a chance to check this out, right? I've seen four screenshots on Twitter and 10 seconds of the trailer. And let me tell you, I have so many opinions about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to hold on to those for a minute. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Uh, my, my impression is not too far off from Will. I just watched the trailer before we started this, this fun podcast. But you guys actually saw me watch the trailer before we went live, and I think my eyes just widened as it went on. This shit looks really cool, and I, I just watched it once, so I don't have a lot of uh, theories or details to talk about other than this This looks really fun. It looks really colorful. There's a fun surprise at the end that I'm sure you're going to mention, Grant, that I didn't see coming. Um, this seems like a just a, another Marvel blockbuster that's going to get me back into theaters. Yeah, this looks great. Uh, the idea of the Ten Rings, we we had this kind of hinted at and played around with a little in the very first Iron Man, in fact. Um, and then they did a kind of bait and switch with the Mandarin character in the third Iron Man. So where this goes and how this plays off of that, I'm kind of curious. But it does seem that we have char- uh, cameos at the very end of this trailer for... Um, is it spoiling it for me to say? I, I don't no, know. No, it's a trailer. It's a trailer. Okay. The, uh, then we see the abomination from Hulk pop up, as well as uh, it's, it looks like Wong was battling him. Is that right? Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that. Me neither. Um, I, I could be wrong about that, but I thought that was um, uh, also a cameo that we got from, from Wong's character. And I was like, cool. I mean, the idea that they're kind of uh, integrating characters from other scenes. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it's got the horns, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Will? Takako is commenting about my painting placement. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there, there you go. That has horns. Okay. Yeah, you can see it. Um, yeah, Eidlone says, uh, I would have liked Abomination being a surprise in the film. The movie looks fantastic already. Yeah, it looks I actually, cool. I agree with that. I think that they give away these, these things. That tr- I understand why they do it, but... Yeah, there's always these things where I'm like, man, you didn't have to tell me that. I didn't. I I would have. I would have still gone and seen the movie. And so would everybody else. Don't don't tell me. Don't tell me anything. It's pretty wild that Marvel is at a point to where um, the big reveal that's going to get a certain like percentage of people to the theater to see this movie is the fact that they revealed that one of their shittiest villains ever is in the movie. <laughs> it's like <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. That that's the big sell. 
Um, all right, let's go ahead and dive in and talk about this week's episode. Um, Lotus is the third episode of Loki, written by uh, Bisha K. Ali, who is actually the head writer for the upcoming Miss Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. This is directed once again by Kate Heron, who's directed uh, the, the whole series. And the synopsis for this episode is Loki finds out the variant's plan, but he has his own and will forever alter both of their destinies. Um, we start this episode, uh, this discussion, the same way, way we start every discussion with some snap judgments. Will, you want to go ahead and take it away? Give us your impressions. Sure thing. I thought this was a fun, exciting episode about 10 minutes shorter than all the others, but they packed a lot into it, a lot of action into it. My favorite part was the scene at the end in that alien neon city. And it just reminded me of all the cities, alien cityscapes I would see reading 90s uh, Silver Surfer comics. And that that is what I want to see in every MCU movie is that kind of crazy color and crazy action, crazy crowd scenes, and just really taking us to another world. And that is what I really appreciate about this episode. Right on. Uh, Randy? I uh, I differ a little bit, actually. I thought this was the weakest episode of the series so far. I, I There's stuff I enjoyed. But it felt a little low rent Doctor Who to me, and uh, I I did like the the background stuff reminded me of like the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff where you'd see those other worldly planets. But I think I'm a I'm a grounded MCU guy. I, I like Falcon Winter Soldier stuff, and so when you get too far flung, uh, it loses me a little bit. And I thought this was a little goofy and maybe not quite on on uh, tone for what I like the show to be as as, as much. Did you freeze up again, Grant? No, Grace is considering my words. He's really okay. thinking about it. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my internet today. This is lousy, guys. Um, we're Mike, it. what do you think? I thought this episode, uh, a good chunk of it was really engrossing. I thought the concept of it was really engrossing. The fact that it was just kind of a, let's hit the brakes a bit and get to know these characters and what they what they want and who they are and how they relate to each other a little more before we move on with the plot. Also, while we have an apocalypse in the background to, to make it fun. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the visuals, like Will was saying, were amazing, really good. Um, I did think it was a little raggedy here and there. It was just kind of a slapdash plot. Of course, the plot was just kind of filler since this was an episode made to, um, to really flesh out the characters a little more, especially, um, lady loki or sylvie mm-hmm. um but i think i've seen a lot of hate for this episode um on twitter and i'm i'm i'm, I'm not there at all i think um this episode felt kind of like a really good suspense or horror movie at, well the first act of a really good suspense or horror movie like like the original ridley scott alien when they're Kind of nothing happens. Nothing of consequence really happens in that first act. You're just kind of getting to know the crew and their relationships and who they are and learning about them. And then the the next act of the movie, 
weird shit kind of starts happening and you're worried for them because you're connected to them and you're invested in them. And by the time you get to the third act and all hell's breaking loose and people are dying, you're on the edge of your seat because you really care about these characters. And I think this episode was kind of like the first act of that movie. It was like, let's really um, get the audience invested in the heart of Loki and Sylvie and their relationship before we put them through hell um, uh, in the next few episodes. Uh, So, this episode did a little work for the series, I think, and these characters, and I, I hope it pays off. I think that's a great way to um, compare it. And, uh, you know, the reference, in fact, there the name of the two uh, guards when they're getting on the train. They, they were, mm-hmm. The names of them uh, were the names of uh, Bill Paxton's character and uh, the other character from Aliens. Oh. Um, <laughs> of course. Small little nod, I, I, but uh, I, I saw that was listed as an Easter egg. I thought this episode nice. was, uh, it, it's a fun deviation and a, a great kind of character study for Sylvie, who we need to very quickly um, like, and we need to like to Loki. And how they present this as, man, it's like, it's like a, a cute little romance is fitting to it's he would fall in love with himself <laughs> for me at least yeah. Yeah, uh, that's true. I, I thought the, the chemistry between them was was um antagonistic and yet there's respect and there's almost like this uh magnetism between them the the this that that pushing apart and and wanting to stay each other but wanting to be there and support each other and and save each other um that that almost kind of remind me of like a, a romance and uh that with um some of the other reveals in this episode i i, I just it, it's a memorable episode i think on its own i'm going to remember distinctly the episode where they're getting on a train to try and get away am i lagging again yeah really you lagging the whole time man a little bit. We we can hear you okay, but your your visuals are pretty dicey. But we can hear you fine. Well, um, this is my <laughs> other thought then uh, for this episode. Yeah, this is me. Just admitting Mobius. So um, they they did drop some. They they snuck in some stuff here that I think was uh, for people who want to speculate on the show and that kind of thing. There's a couple little things that I think they snuck in because we we're so focused on the character development that might not have seemed as big as I think they're going to be. So I think it's why it seemed like a smaller episode. But I think if those come, those play out, this is going to try to be a really important episode. And I think we may wind up liking it. The people, those of us who were not as big onto it may wind up liking it a lot more as it goes along. We realize what the importance like, was. What in particular? Uh, notably, Sylvie tells Loki that the, the time characters are lying about all the people that they created, all these people. Right. She tells him, oh, no, uh, this, was, this one was someone they really pulled out of Earth. And it immediately makes me think, well, what, who's Mobius? Was he a jet ski salesman? Is that, is that where we're going here? Not only was she, it was the, not only did she, did they pull that girl out of earth? Uh, Sylvia went into her memory from hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. So somehow they're extracting people from earth and keeping them unnaturally alive yeah. for hundreds of years. Yeah. 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 They're stealing them from all over time. Possibly they're stealing them from, uh, very, you know, uh, 
timelines that branched out. They just before they take it, they take people and then use right. them as their agents. Yeah. So there's definitely some clues to the nefariousness of the TVA in there. And the other thing is a there's a there's a fan theory which uh, I'm I'm always skeptical of fan theories, but this one's pretty good. Uh, the notion is that maybe this entire episode takes place in Loki's mind. That Sylvie basically did the same thing she did at the very beginning with that TVA agent. And she's letting him sort of run wild a little bit so that she can show off, uh, so she can sort of figure him out. So when she attempts this right here, this successful. Yes, that it was successful. Yes. Hmm. It, I don't know that I buy it. But there's some interesting uh, people are talking about the uh, Loki uses his telekinesis in a way he's never really used it effectively before when he stops a building from falling. Um, but right. the color the color scheme is very much, in addition to being uh, coincidentally the colors of the bisexual flag, uh, that it's pinks, purples, and blues, and it's not the way the, the show's been looking up to this point. Um, and then there's that big cliffhanger where it's like, well, the easy way out of it is it's all a dream. They also do point out that the uh, showrunner is a Rick and Morty person. And this feels exactly the kind of thing Rick and Morty would do. Yeah. it. So maybe up to that point where she initiated that magic, then it was all in his mind. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah. That's, that's the theory. I, I'm like, I 50% buy it. I, I'm not sold on it, but it's interesting. That'd be kind of weird because they did establish a lot of important stuff about both of these characters. But even if that wasn't, even if that all existed in Loki's mind, mm -hmm. it's still valid, right? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah exactly. it's still real. Yeah. And also, yeah, Grant and I have our bisexual lighting on celebrating the <laughs> the bisexual confirmation of Loki in this episode, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Do you think that? Uh, do you think that undercuts or or potentially makes it that the reveals from her from from Sylvie are untrue? Then, well, you can't trust what she says. Anyway, right. That's true. Yeah. Whether it's all what's happening around them is an illusion. They, you, their minds are still having this conversation regardless. Right. But one thing this episode did convince me is that she is not actually a Loki variant. Just because, you know, when he's talking about Asgard, mm -hmm. she's singing that Asgard song. He's singing that Asgard song. Like she just seems to have no recognition for any of the things he's talking about. He does drop a lot of little Asgardian nuggets throughout this episode that she does not really react to the way you would think an Asgardian would. But it could also be that her experience and her timeline or whatever was different and she doesn't get the same references. But she she yeah. could have been, she could have been raised on Earth. Mm -hmm. She could, he, Asgard could have been revealed, destroyed a lot earlier, yeah. Yeah, he reveals a lot about himself. And mm -hmm. she doesn't reveal very much, which might lend more credence to this idea that she's manipulating him and he's a little bit loose in his tongue. And if, if she also um, struck to, um, to have her let her guard down and fall asleep in front of him and then him get to get inebriated inebriated mm -hmm. to the point where he can, um, reveal even more of himself. It could just be her really uh, fishing for information and playing him while at the same time, in like Inception, telling him about the construct while he's stuck in it. That could be very fascinating. Um, also, there's a there's a theory going around that Sylvie might be uh, the Enchantress because that is a name she has in the comics, uh, which would be interesting mm. if they decide to do decide to do the Enchantress or some version of her. 
tell me more about the Enchantress. Yeah, I think uh, we brought this up the other week, but I don't remember. So the Enchantress is a is an Asgardian. She is, I believe, was created in the comics. I don't think she has a Norse mythology equivalent. She is a powerful sorceress. She specializes in sort of making men fall in love with her. Um, she is the one who I think created uh, the Wrecking Crew, or maybe her sister did, her sister Lorelai. But she's basically one of Thor's villains. She's like a femme fatale villain, basically. She would she was always trying to get Loki to fall in love with her. I would point out that um, Loki did feel comfortable falling in front of So, into that. Yeah, Grant. I think Grant's trying to say that Loki felt comfortable falling asleep in front of uh, Mobius in the previous episode. Yep, yep. Sorry, you're timing out a little bit, Grant. Um, I, I had two conflicting feelings in this episode. I really liked watching these two characters and the spotlight be on them the entire time, but I also missed Mobius. And I didn't really miss him because I don't think this episode needed him, but I just really like that character and i like what owen wilson is doing for him do you did you guys feel a void in this episode i think that, i think i did i think that's part of the reason i wasn't as into it i thinking about it now i'm like if mobius had been there if he'd somehow jumped through the portal and wound up there with the two loki's it would have changed the entire energy and i think it for, i think for the better i think i would have enjoyed that mm. i didn't even notice that i didn't notice until the end i was like oh they didn't even show mobius or really that much what's going on with the TVA. And I was, I was okay with it. And that forced perspective might be because we're in Loki's mind and right. Mobius isn't in there. Yeah. It feels even this idea planning this for years, right? Um, am I still delayed? Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. We're hearing like yeah. bits and pieces of what you're saying. Yeah. But, but yeah, then that she just kind of shrugs it off uh, like ah that fell through you you filled it no she must have another angle if she's playing with his mind like this what was her plan I was not clear on what the years long plan was okay so, so we said, she was they, trying they to get up that elevator the gold elevator to the TVA right okay. but they didn't tell us like she doesn't want to run the TVA uh, and I'm not, I don't know if she's like in that she wants to blow them up. I don't know, but like I don't feel like they told her what her plan was. Yeah, it seems like I thought she had told Loki in the second episode that her like that he was a fool for th worrying about the timekeepers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, the yeah. or was it just ruling them? And she just wants to depose them. I mean, she did call them uh, omniscient fascists. Yeah. in this episode. So that makes me think she does want to take them out, but maybe not rule them, just dissolve it. Do we think maybe that she was um, she was plucked from time by them, and she was one of the, uh, a worker who had an awakening? Like, oh, maybe so. Maybe like so. Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> oh. In, in which case, you know, what, what does this say about... Um... Uh, Mobius and the other people are, are they going to potentially get awakened and it's going to be all of them teaming up against the TBA? They're going to wake up and have a bunch of torn sweaters and have a <laughs> they're going to have a rave uh, underground. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> By the way, Grant, uh, you'd never look better than you do in this picture here. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
my, my is Max that what's going on to me? A little <laughs> bit, a little bit. That that and Chevy Chase's uh, spies like us uh, cutting out his mic in, his, in the in the press conference. You guys, oh, yeah. you guys just have the conversation. I'm gonna. Sit here and watch. <laughs> no, now you're Actually, clear. Now you're 100 clear. Now you're great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I the don't know. Cloud has was... moved away from your home. Okay. Yes, I'm. Sh- I'm sure it'll come back. I'm sure, but um, we, yeah. There's the the scene where Loki gets drunk and he sings this ballad for everyone. It's it's pretty. It seems um, Scandinavian, I guess. Um, I I think there are some people on Reddit trying to uh, parse out what what's being said there, and it seems like some kind of love uh, of sorts but it was uh it was a fun and I, I, it's more evidence that tom hilston is doing great in this show yeah yeah, Every Hils- time I talk, and then there's like no reply. You guys, I realize I've gone janky again. There's a little <laughs> bit of a pause. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right, though. Hiddleston, I mean, Hiddleston's great in here. And, and the actress, is it DiMartino? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, who plays uh, the the female Loki? Uh, I think she, she held her own, and I think that was great. So seeing the two of them uh, sort of play off each other was, was definitely the high point of, the se- of this episode. Yeah, I also like, I mean... I know we've had a very specific production design in this show, and it's been very uh, kind of taken on a, a kind of a Mad Men vibe, kind of a 70s cross with late 60s era vibe, especially in the TVA. Um, but in this episode, it was so kind of retro futuristic. It was very Blade Runner. And like like Randy, you said, it was kind of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, while I love that, I really hope this was a departure for that because I've seen that before. Yeah. And I want to, I, I want Loki to, to have its own look again. I want it to have its own stylized kind of vintage look like it did in the first two episodes. So, yeah, I think this is really going to be an outlier of an episode for this series, uh, not just visually, but in a number of ways. Like we just stuck with these two characters and it, a big chunk of it might've just been happening in, in Loki's un- unconscious. So uh, another thing I wanted to explore, as long as I'm not glitching and going crazy right now, um, is the we've seen a few uh, developments in the abilities of Loki through this series. Um, last episode, we saw him straight up do some um, telekinetic powers where he he uh, grabbed a I don't know it was like a Roomba or something to use in a fight in the store. He like sucked it from across the uh, room and grabbed his hands to swing at that one big dude. Um, we see him hold up his hands and now he's able to kind of manifest, uh, fireworks and other little magic stuff like that. And then we see him lift an entire building and push it back. And the extent of that degree of power doesn't seem to hold consistent with, um, this dude getting in fights and getting his ass beat left and right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Loki's powers. Like what are Loki's powers? I don't know. They've always been so inconsistent, right? Yeah, and they're 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 trying to narrow it down a little bit, like the way that Sylvie uses her enchantment magic versus the way he uses his enchantment magic and illusion magic and that kind of thing. They're trying to nail it down a little bit, but then they go and do something where yeah, he's like suddenly super powerful telekinetic. Like they don't want to see, they don't seem to want to be pinned in 
uh, with these are what his powers are. And I feel like, yeah, sometimes as a result, you're like, wait a minute, how strong is he? Is he actually super strong? Is he actually bulletproof? Like, I don't really know. I think they've introduced so many different things, so many different kinds of powers and abilities in the MCU that it's just, it's too, it goes in too many directions for there to be some kind of like consistent system with like rules that we could comprehend that would apply from one to the other. And I, I, personally, I'm fine with that. But I think they just kind of like let the genie out of the um, lamp and are just going to run with it. I wonder a little bit as well with this episode doing this, um, exploring this train that the wealthy are able to get on this train to try and escape. If the show is dipping its toes in trying to kind of address a, a little bit of a, a class system um, issue, like that in particular felt like it. That felt kind of like, um, what's that train movie where everyone is? Uh, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, like the rich people up front. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of felt like that uh, a bit where um, they're, uh, you know, shovel the, the wealthy get the privilege. There's something akin to that going on with the TVA where there's structure and, you know, this just life as well. But um, the privilege, the information and things are compartmentalized and there's this uh, tiered uh, system going on. Yeah. Yeah. if, if the TVA is plucking people out of different timelines, there's a reason they're doing it. And it might be because they don't see these people as they see them as lesser. Maybe, oh, this is someone who doesn't mean anything in the timeline. And who are they to make that call, right? So that theme could play out mm-hmm. that way. Also, do you guys think that um, – I just thought about this when you guys brought up the the, the TVA potentially plucking humans out of Earth instead of creating people – to do their their busy work do you think uh with the melty sticks are they really killing people or are they zapping them somewhere else to be rebooted and come back as like file clerks for the tva oh that's that's i think i think they're destroying they're vaporizing them i mean they've you know you say that they're taking these people from their lives but the way they've kind of described it when there's a variant they destroy that whole timeline right so they basically kill an entire universe so anyone they're plucking from there is kind of being saved and getting to live as an immortal and play around with infinity stones like maybe joining the tva is better than the alternative (laughs) will is fully indoctrinated (laughs) (laughs) um the other elements of of uh it's it's weird to think that sylvie might not be a loki Especially since she's like she doesn't she doesn't have the same upbringing she doesn't have that relationship it seems with her mom, um, and the things he's talking about with uh, Asgard seem unfamiliar or she's really not like disclosing too much information, um, and so I I, I kind of wonder if uh, she isn't but then we we see that they they both are uh, kind of paranoid people who are on their guard to uh, always face forward and she uh, can't fall asleep in front of him or neither of them will fall asleep in front of the other. 
which those seem like uh, similar traits between them. I don't know. Do you guys think that she's not actually a, a Loki? I I don't think she is because, okay, ex- if she is, explain to me how she is. Is she she projecting the female form on on purpose? I like I don't really get the rules of the variants. Well, the the thing is, in in the comics, they've done a thing where Loki he was a woman for a while, he was a kid for a while. And in, in the, of course, in the in the mythology and stuff, he like transformed into a horse and all this kind of stuff. So it fits with Loki that he would take different forms and just like be those forms. That's what I mean. Like she's she's chosen the form. Yeah, yeah. And I I think I I think it's entirely possible that she comes from a different timeline where that she's just that's the form she took, and she stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I, I think it's a Loki. I'm, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go and say. Well, I think it's. I like the uh, theories of it being like. It's the enchantress, something that are interesting. I think I think it is a Loki. What do you think, Will? I don't think she. I thought she was a Loki, and now just the her whole reactions to this whole episode, I'm convinced she is not a Loki. And partially, it's just because my, and maybe this is me misunderstanding the world building they've done, but I don't see how. It seems like the variants aren't that different. It's like they they nip things in the bud before someone changes so much to where like you and your variant wouldn't recognize each other and like be pretty similar. And to me, Loki and Sylvie seem pretty different and they seem like they've had different backstories. That's a really good point. And also, what would the story reason be for her just being another Loki? I think her not being a Loki uh, gives us uh, a fun reveal, a fun twist, and also gives us a character with their own agency. Um, and this this episode allowed us to learn a lot more about Loki without having to see a different version of him play out those things. Like Lo- the, our right. prime Loki, I guess, is already telling us everything we want to know about him while this other character isn't. So there's no real reason to have another Loki running around because we're kind of already learning who Loki is from our main Loki, 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 Loki. Um, but, uh, but Mobius is totally Loki still. So <laughs> there's more evidence for that theory. Now that we know that they're all variants, right? Mm-hmm. He's just mm-hmm. a Loki variant. Who's been there forever. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I'm, it could go that way. Um, we've seen a lot of TV shows. I, I think back to um, True Detective in particular, but uh, I know like um, Daredevil. Season two? The the big long one shot. Uh, no, season one. Season one. Um, the big one shot uh, sequence that um, Alfonso Cuaron also does in a lot of his films as well. Um they do a really fantastic one here that looks pretty complex. Trying to uh, make their their last great attempt to to get aboard the ark when um, she's really going sideways on this on this lamentous uh, moon. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought how that was filmed, uh, choreography uh, among them and all of the extras uh, in conjunction that they had to later overread like it's a pretty impressive episode and maybe that's why it's a little bit shorter what do you guys think of that 
Um, I only caught about half of that. Oh man, God. <laughs> couldn't quite get I, that together. I think Grant is asking what we thought about the ending sequence, where it's like the camera's moving around while they're fighting in that alien city, you know, and there's like stuff falling. It's like kind of like one long shot. Okay, yeah. Um, what I said earlier about like at the end of Alien, and I'm on the edge of my seat. I was actually on the edge of my seat during that sequence, not just because of like the the, the technical acuity of it and how cool it looked, but um, just the suspense was there and the fun was there, and I'm like, this is why I'm here, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I guess for me the suspense was not there as much because I'm well, I'm curious. Like, oh, they broke the ten pad. Oh, how they get? Oh, they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna hijack the ship. I was like. I know they're not going to kill off Loki in the third episode of his series. So I know there's something coming. And so I, I guess I was, maybe I wasn't. Uh, and of course, uh, if, if you're in, you don't think about that, but I guess I wasn't as pulled in. Cause I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, I, I was just like waiting for the, whatever was going to happen to pick him up. What's, what's the reveal? What's the, what's the rescue? Yeah. For, for me, the suspense came from um, what kind of, human ingenuity are they going to come up with to get out of the situation right you know right. which is basically like how the writers have written themselves in a corner like in breaking bad how are they going to write themselves out yeah. that's always fun to watch yeah yeah i feel Red the same back. way like mm-hmm. i thought it was exciting and i liked you know like i said i mean that city scene was probably my favorite part of the episode and i definitely appreciated like going through all the buildings and seeing all these different perspectives and and, you know, I mean, sure, their fate isn't in doubt, but it's the journey, not the destination, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What I didn't get was why the cops kept chasing them, even though they weren't on the train anymore. There were train cops. <laughs> and then, um, but the world's going to end in 10 minutes, and the cops are still like, gotta arrest these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, like, keeping them from the spaceship, right? Like, they were trying to just, like, guard the spaceship. Okay. I mean, moral of the story, cops, cops suck. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's more uh, Sylvie's thing of uh, you know for path. That you sound like R two D two now. <laughs> <sighs> I'm hearing beeping. Here, so, here's the next question. So I, I, I don't know. Seriously, the end of the end of episode two had this great cliffhanger of of. Oh, the whole plan was to create so many timelines they can't possibly. Sw- uh, she just she basically created the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many branches. They're calling everybody in, including their their judge, basically. Um, Google about the Ross character, Ravenna, Ravana, and like it's like, oh no, it's it's the multiverse is back, and that's what their plan was. But then we get to episode three, and it's like the plan didn't work. Well, what? Because it seemed like it did. It seemed like the plan was going off just fine. So now I don't know what the plan was. I, I go back to that being a distraction. So that she could break in and do whatever she was going to do. She wanted them to be distracted by that, and she was yeah. going to do something else. Uh, it seems like a very personal motivation that she has. And if the TVA is going around time plucking people out of existence to work for them or whatever their end is, maybe that happened to somebody that she loves, mm-hmm. and that's a motivator. That that kind of motivation is is pretty consistent in Marvel movies. You know, they, you know, I, the motivator being people, people you love. So that would make sense to me. Um, (laughs) I, yes, I think, I think Mobius is going to, I think the reason we didn't see what the TVA was up to 
is because Mobius is going to like open a portal and then pull them out of there unless they're in his head, which again, I don't know that I buy that theory. I think it, it's, it's going to be more satisfying if Mobius shows up and is like, get over here, you ding dongs uh, and come out of this apocalypse. Well, if, <laughs> if, yeah, if everything's in his head, then maybe they're not in danger. Yeah, they're not in danger. Yeah. 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 Like he's just, you know, asleep on the side of the road or something. So I think episode four opens with either Mobius uh, showing up at the time portal or Loki waking up and realizing there was all the dream. Mm-hmm. I would rather see Mobius. Uh, I think we'll have a mix of that. I think we're going to have Mobius show up and waking Loki up and Loki's going to be like drooling, you know, and it's going to be funny. And then we'll get an explanation of what happened did happen, but it only happened in your mind. Yeah. Uh, there's an interesting theory here uh, from Adlonis, I think is the name on, on do you see this from Grant? That's an interesting theory. Real. <laughs> what the, if who she loves is Owen Wilson? She had Thor's arc in the MCU. Yeah, basically, if, if Owen Wilson is her, Natalie Portman, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an and, the, and that if she was trying to basically get Mobius out, that'd be that would be one thing she was trying to do. That could be oh. what she was going to the TVA for. That's really interesting. I I don't know. That's that's an interesting idea. Because, oh. That would be impactful because he's brainwashed into chasing her. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It would also explain why she hasn't killed him like all the other agents who are chasing her. Right. But she's also killing everybody. It's kind of shitty. That's true. Well, she's, <laughs> you know, she's still a Loki, maybe. She's freeing them. But, Mike, I'd like to point out, if she is in love with Owen Wilson, that means Owen Wilson can't be a Loki unless she's not a Loki. Yeah, why I don't not? think she... What is- was well, that? Why does that prevent it? Come on! <laughs> I saw so I saw so many tweets this week in all caps. Do not ship Sylvie and Loki. Do not ship <laughs> Sylvie and Loki. This, and this like, whole thing is going to end with a five-way various Loki orgy. <laughs> I mean, no, but yes. <laughs> uh, let's get your final thoughts, guys. Uh, final thoughts for me. I thought it was a, a slower episode, but I still like it. And uh, I'm I'm quite sure I'll I'll love the whole series when it's done. Uh, Will I thought it was I thought it was a really exciting episode, and I loved the the alien moon or far future moon, and I I definitely am interested to see where it goes from here. Uh, I love outlier episodes. I think this was a really fun uh, one, especially since it it got us as audience closer to to these two characters especially loki this show is all about um really learning about who he is and why he is the way he is and who he's going to be going forward and i think we we kind of uh started the gears on that on that engine in this episode really well um and i think it, it just sets us up to really um be invested in him and in sylvie for the timey-wimey shenanigans that are to come so i'm here for it uh well i'm just talking if i start glitching go ahead and raise your hand guys um uh i want to say thank you so much for everyone joining the uh pod this week will thank you and where can people find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at william cardini um thank you again uh randy where are you uh, you can find me at the tvdudes.com. Uh, you can find me at rosecolorytx.com. And uh, you can find me at Loose Cannon Comics, which is on Facebook uh, and also various 
uh, streaming services or podcast services. Uh, Mike? Find me on Twitter at Mike Moody Garcia and right here on MCU Pod. Uh, thank you guys once again for tuning in. I apologize for my shitty internet connection. I'm going to get that fixed before <laughs> next week. Uh, we'll be back next Friday because I think it, it turned out I, this works better for everyone on Fridays. <laughs> so we're going to stick to Fridays for a bit. Um, you can subscribe to us at youtube.com slash MCU pod. We appreciate all of your support. Once again, we're over at patreon.com slash MCU pod as well. And um, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about episode four next week. Cutting this episode a little short because of my shitty internet. Um, <laughs> hopefully we will have that all resolved next week. But until then, MCU later. <laughs>